0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you heavenly father we just come before you and we just want your your word your spirit to come forth here and speak to us speak to us as a congregation we need you lord we're not going to go anywhere if you're not with us it's not going to happen and that's why we need you to be with us we need you to just flood this place now with your holy spirit Lord, take away all distractions, take away anything that would interrupt our being able to just receive from you what you have for us, that we might be built up by your word, hallelujah, built up by your word, and just reach out today and this year and always in our lives, Lord, to be close to you, to be like you, to learn about you, to learn who you are, to learn how you think, Lord because that's where we want to be. And we just thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. So, is there anybody here today who, in the middle of the struggle, all of a sudden, oh, my God, you lost your strength and you felt like, I don't know if I can keep on fighting. Has anybody felt that, you know? Um, There is something called, what do they call it? Uh, when, when, When you get hit and you didn't see it coming, What is it? Blindsided. Blindsided. There you go. Blindsided. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's really bad. You know, like when you see it coming, it's one thing, but you're going along and you're so happy go lucky and all of a sudden, boom. Wow. You know, that really throws you off. That's the last thing you could expect. Okay, could it, be, could it be that you're beginning to lose your faith, you know, because, you know, when these happen, sometimes we get so spooked out that, you know, am I losing my faith? Are you discouraged because you're feeling that maybe your dreams will never become a reality? You know, sometimes I'm, I'm doing my thing, I'm doing the best I can, I don't know if this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want you to know something. Desperation, okay, that state of desperation where you feel that everything is lost, that state of desperation comes upon us when the devil puts us into that state of desperation, okay? Jesus didn't, didn't come to give us that Jesus came to overcome that, to conquer that. So whenever that comes, that is the devil lying to you. You know that when Jesus was on the cross, I think the last thing he said was, it is finished, it is done. We are his children and we, in him, we have conquered. How many say amen? Amen? Now what we need to do is remember that, know that and keep on doing, going. How does that happen? That, that the devil creeps in there? Okay, he attacks us to destroy our faith. See, everything that we're doing, we're standing on faith. We're saved because of faith. Faith, and faith is believing something that you don't even see. So everything has to do with faith. The devil comes and tries to destroy our faith. And sometimes when we're in that limbo there, what happens? When your faith disappears, you're left without hope. You don't want to be without hope. Because number three, when there's no hope, All you have left is desperation. You know, I don't know if any of you have felt that in your life where you just, whoa, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I feel totally useless and helpless. You don't want to be there. Now, let's look at one of the things that could bring on some of these problems. We're going to talk a little bit about King David. He went through some struggles in his lifetime, just like many of us. David says in Psalm 1 to three, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. Now we're going to move over to... Psalm 73, uh, verses 16 and 17. He continues and he says, So I try to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I understood. I finally understood the destiny of the wicked just recently pastor uh, pastor Joaquin was speaking about that the end of the wicked as compared to the end for us we have a whole trunk full of promises for God that literally really belong to us all that stuff is for us now that is if we're being sons of God and believing the word of God and acting like sons of God. But if you are the wicked, if you are the unbeliever, if you are those that are against God, then those blessings are not going to be for you. So the Lord, when, he, when David went to the house of God, he was able to see the destiny, the end of the wicked. Okay? So like many of us, David was thrown off because we began to look at those people who don't follow the Lord. Sometimes instead of looking up this way, we're looking sideways to see what's going on with the guy next to us. What happened? His faith began to fail when he began to look at how wicked people would prosper. What is with that? Have you ever asked yourself, how is it the people who hate God, people who have no interest in living for God, why is it that they are so blessed? Some, you know, if we look around, some pretty bad people seem to be really blessed. Okay, I'd like to emphasize three truths that we can't ignore. First of all, money is not the solution to all of our problems, right? Money is not the solution to all of our problems. Been there Done that. I say, like the Apostle Paul, I've been up, I've been down, I've had a lot of money, I've had a little money, but money doesn't solve all of your problems. Secondly, having a big house doesn't mean that your soul will be satisfied. Also, been there, done that. I got saved because I was at the top of my game and my soul felt empty. I didn't even know what that was at the time, but now I know that my soul was empty. You could have a big house, you could have money. And that doesn't necessarily fill you up. And finally, the fact that a person might drive an expensive car doesn't mean that that person has the blessed hope that we do have, how many say amen, of going to heaven and sharing eternity with our heavenly Father. We do have that precious promise and that hope, hallelujah. Okay? Do we believe this or what? Do we believe this or what? See, there's, that's, that's, these, these are the things that make a difference. Now watch this. Later on, when David was in the house of God, he realized how blessed he really He really was. Okay, now look at this. You know that David played the harp and he wrote poetry and he was like a, a music guy, like somebody I know, you know, he, uh, he was into that music anyway, and, and, and expressing and whatnot. One day he's at church and he looks and he's got these little, his children, little kids, and they're worshiping and praising God. Man, I don't know. I've never had kids. But if my if I saw my kids praising God and weeping before the Lord and singing for the Lord, what a blessing. See, when he went to the house of the Lord, he started to see how blessed he was. That's great. Then the other one, maybe David looked and he saw his wife. Oh my God, my beautiful wife. She's kneeling at the altar and she's in the presence of God, really connected. I was talking to a couple last night who are getting married, you know, giving them that marriage counseling, you know. I told him, well, you married a beautiful violin, I told the guy, you know. But after she has four kids, she's going to look like that string bass, the big one, you know. And, and I told her, now, you know, you guys are hopping through the woods hand in hand. Later on, you're going to be washing the floors, cooking all full of grease, and cleaning the babies behind, you know. We, we, we try to have these young people see some of the reality, you know. And, and what I wanted to say to you was, David is seeing his wife. Let me tell you, girls. You can either break that guy or make him, okay? You can either break that guy or make him. You need to help him to be the man of God that he wants to be and that God wants him to be. You know what I mean? If you're like, me, you know what I mean? He wants to blow your brains out and blow his own brains out, you know? Because we do love you a lot, a lot, a lot. It's just a little hard for us to express it and say it, you know? And, and then we need you, you know. So when you see your husband doing something that doesn't make sense, to say, "Honey, I love you. I know, I know that you're, I know you're, you know." But you're, you're better than that. I think you're better than that. I think you're, you're higher than that. You know what I mean? Like, so David, you know, maybe he looked at his wife and he said, "Man, I'm so glad I have a woman of God. A woman of God is my wife. Look at what God gave me." I'm saying all this because that's what, that's what happened with me. You know, when I was saved, I was, you know, brand new in the Lord, and, 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 and I prayed, and I asked the Lord for the right kind of a wife, and he gave it to me. And you have no idea how much uh, just, you know, being married to her has been a, a blessing in my life. So maybe, that, maybe David saw that, you know, or maybe, maybe David was healed that day at the service tonight, in one of the songs, we talked about we need that move. We need that move of the Holy Spirit to bring healing. You know, I was talking to a musician friend of mine. His wife, um, his wife is, his, his. They have a, they have a, a ministry. They go in the street. They go to jails. They go all over the place. And she got hit with cancer. You know. And it looked like she didn't have much time to live. So he got on Facebook, he got on the phone, he talked to everybody, he got everybody in the world praying and praying and praying. And he just called me and he told me that, that she had to go into a doctor's visit and they could not find the cancer. It was gone. You know, God healed her. Maybe David had a healing in the church. Then, can you imagine? David, he's the king, he's the general. So he, apparently he was a really good general. He had good strategies and stuff like that. But that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of uh, uh, stress. Uh, maybe maybe the service. I know it. I know it's happened to me. Sometimes I don't even feel like coming to church. I don't feel like taking a bath. Excuse me. Too much information. Okay. But but I say no no no. We got to do what we got to do. You take the math, get dressed, blah, 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 put on some clothes. I think that comes when you get a little older. You know, I say old people sometimes don't want to take a bath. you know. Anyway, <laughs> but I'll get to church, and then the next thing I know, the Lord blesses my socks off that night. You know what I mean? They sang a song or something, and whoa, Wow. Oh, my God, a visitation of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, you know. So either way, we know that David stopped envying the prosperity of evil people when he was in the house of God. And it was there that he realized how blessed he was. Don't forget that. That's very important. What's going on here, this is super important to your Christian life and to helping you to reach out to the excellence that the Lord wants you to reach this day. So like David, we all need to have our personal relationship with God. The Bible says that his heart was like the heart of God. David's heart was like the heart of God. Hey, how many know he had his ups and downs (laughs) big time, right? I mean, he blew it big, 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 but he really did love the Lord. Okay, so if you see yourself screwing up a lot and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I'm the kind of, well, don't worry about it. David was a lot worse than you. David was a lot worse than you, and, and he, he, um, but he loved the Lord and he was really trying. And the Lord stayed with him. You know, we need to have that personal relationship so that when your eyes tell you that, oh, this problem looks too big. I don't think that I can cut this. I don't think this is going to happen. I think this is the end of the world. I hate it when people get into that end of the world thing. You know, we are the children of God. There's no end of the world until God says it's the end of the world, right? So when when you see that, you tell your eyeballs about that giant that's inside of you. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. If this was a Christian church, I would get an amen. 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 Instead, Instead of focusing on what seems to be too big of a problem, I should be focusing on everything that God has done and God is continuing to do in my life. We're so quick to forget all the things that God has done in our life. But it's the thing is that it's the nature of problems. Like I said, when you get blindsided like that, oh, wow, it could throw us off. But remember, we, it, this, there's a lot of little battles, but this is a war. And the Bible tells us that the war is already won. Amen? It's already won. Okay, 1 Peter 3, 11 to 13 says, turn away from evil and do good search for peace, and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. We always see all that stuff. I mean, sin is knowing what is right and then not doing that. We, you know it's simple you know i may not even agree with god oh my god what did i just say yeah i might not even agree with god i might think he's a little too radical or something whatever but that's not important what's important is that he said it and all i have to do is do it okay we need to understand that and if you don't understand god or if you don't agree with god that's okay you have a right to disagree but what you don't have a right to do is to disobey God. Because like it says here, God turns his face the other way. That's that's the, the Christian life is a life of obedience. It's a life of obedience. And that's what it's all about. We're people of faith. We have to stop glorifying our problems. You ever be with people that all they talk about is, you know, look I don't know lately I've been with some old people and then you get with old people and you're trying to eat and have nice talk and they're all no and I got this pain in my back and then my toe and then I had to see the doctor and and, and 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 they're trying to show off who has more achakas you know who's who's got please let's not concentrate on that stuff we need to begin to glorify God not our problems you know I guess that has to do with like keeping a positive attitude, right? We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we see or by what we feel. We live every day of our lives trusting and hanging on to the promises that God makes us in his word. That's the important thing. You know, it's kind of like we need to brainwash ourselves with those positive promises of the Lord, you know? And, and, not, and not hang in that negative. I think a lot of times people hang into that negative. You know why? Because they want to put an excuse to why they're screwed up. You know? But they're not screwed up because of those things that they're complaining about. They're screwed up because they're not acting in faith. And maybe they're not behaving the way they need to behave to have a victorious Christian life. Hallelujah! Wow, that was good. That was good. Okay. Your situation is almost always going to be more difficult than what you can handle in your own strength. The Ten Commandments. And you look and you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? None of us can do that. None of us. Nobody. All it does is show us how messed up we are. It just shows us that we need our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, you know. When we stop magnifying our circumstances and begin to magnify the God of our circumstances, we're going to see that there's nothing really difficult for God. Okay, another principle. We don't do it. God does it in us and through us. He does it in us and through us. Okay? So it's, and there's nothing that's impossible or difficult for God he created the universe he created the earth he created all of humanity look at this took sarah a 90 year old woman opened her womb and she gave birth to isaac one of the fathers of the faith a 90 year old woman who was sterile she could never have babies and at 90 years old she gave birth to one of the pillars of our faith now God used a prostitute, hello, a prostitute named Rahab to save a nation. The things that God can do. He used a little boy who was the pastor of the sheep to kill a giant. You know, God is is big. We need to move. (laughs) Then God took a virgin young girl and opened her womb so she could conceive the Savior of the world. My God. God bless the Virgin Mary. Hallelujah. If God does these miracles, he can easily resolve your situation. Can you see that? Can you see that? Because we think, oh, yeah, that's for that person over there, or that's, but that's not for me. Get off that boohoo stuff. It's for you. It belongs to you. Grab it and go for it. El reino del cielo es para los valientes. You know, like the kingdom of God is for people who are mm, go-getters, you know. People who are going to change the world. (laughs) I'm sorry, but we need a little bit of that. We need a little bit of that in the things of God. We need a little bit of that, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. These are the things that preachers do when everybody starts screaming, you know what I mean? Praise the Lord. You simply have to keep on believing God, even though the devil's lies are sounding in your head. Okay? Okay. You ever see these people, no, God told me, and God told me to tell you this, and God told me this, and I had breakfast with God this morning, and all that kind of stuff. Some people go a little bit overboard. That looks cuckoo, and I think some of those people might be a little cuckoo. We can discuss that with Pastor Jules later on. I'm not sure. He would know better. But the devil does talk to us. That's why... Even something good that might pop in there. Yeah, something good could pop into your head. Check it against the word. That, there you can be absolutely sure. Because that's why you can't trust in voices because there's all kinds of voices. And the most spooky, scary voice in there is, you know who? This guy right here. Me, you. Because your voice is going to say what you want. And what you want almost always is not going to be exactly what God wants, right? See that? See how that works? So we got to be in there. We have to, okay, the devil is going to be speaking to you all kinds of negative stuff all the time. Uh, You know, if you don't try to do anything, everything is good. But the, the minute you try to do something, problems come up. You know what I mean? So you're going to be hearing that, but you can't hear that. You need to pay attention to what the Spirit of God is saying right now, as a matter of fact. What the Spirit of God is telling you right now is very important. This message is going to be very important in your life. Whoever has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church today. You've got to stop listening to what the devil is saying. The devil wants to convince you that God doesn't love you. That God doesn't care for you. He wants to turn your Turn you off to God. Turn off to God. If God is so good, then why does this happen? If, if God, and you start questioning God. That's what the devil does. When you get into that, you need to say, wait a minute, something's going on. Why? Because the devil is a dirty, filthy liar. He is the father of lies, the Bible says. He's the father of lies. And John 3.16 says... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God said. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've really given your heart and your life over to him, you have salvation. You have everlasting life. You're going to be in heaven. I, I saw a preaching yesterday, a guy named J.C. Sproul, And he was saying that when he was in seminary studying, a question came up, you know, how could you be happy in heaven when someone that you know and love is not there? And he said that the teacher got all crazy. And he said... When we're in heaven, there's promises that there's no tears, that there's no pain. All that is gone. What we're going to have is a direct relationship with God. And what the teacher said was, you can look down and see your mother in hell. Wow. Your own mother in hell. And you'll be able to praise God. Because you will be so much in line with understanding God's purpose and his righteousness. We are saved. We are children of God. God loves us and he wants the best for us. God promised us everlasting life. Now, we'll look at a few simple practical steps that we can take. When those difficult circumstances come up in life and the enemy tries to throw us into depression and brings fear and doubt. And you're going to notice now that this is not rocket science. But Paul said, I can't get, I never get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. Because these principles are what we need. I'm not going to preach the sermon about the monster with the ten heads and the seven whatever, you know, tails. Uh, this, is, this is simple, down-to-earth, practical stuff with your feet on the ground, okay? Number one, what are we doing? We're talking about us being affected, getting worried, getting scared, not being sure of ourselves, all that kind of stuff. The situations that come up in life that bring doubts, that bring fears. Okay, number one, if you're depressed and confused and you feel that you need faith, that you need wisdom, I need, I need to be able to believe. I see people that believe, but I'm kind of like I'm not believing and really I, don't, I need wisdom because I don't know what to do. James tells us that we should go to God and simply ask him for faith and wisdom. James 1, 2, five. Dear brothers and sisters, when your troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Wow, that sounds crazy. Troubles come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It's like If you do some exercise, doing exercise is not actually fun, but it's making your muscles grow. So when situations come, it's a chance to exercise your faith. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So there's nothing wrong with telling the lord lord i'm lost i don't know what to do as a matter of fact lord i'm losing faith in you i need you to help me with this see that's the kind of open relationship you need to have <laughs> my poor wife i always talk about her when she's not here um she's she's a strong cookie you know what i mean she's strong she's strong strong girl she was always raised in church baptist like la Pastora. And they're they're, they're really strong on their convictions, you know. And I was a new believer, so I would say crazy, stupid things. And she would hit me with Bible verses and things like that, you know. But one day, because life is a lot of things, it's not only the Bible, it's other things too. So inevitably, one day she's like, Richie, you know, you're you're not affectionate. How many women have said that? Hello. (laughs) The problem is, you're not affectionate, you know. So, <laughs> and I thought about it, and it, it, was, it was difficult to me, but, but, but you know, sometimes we have to say what it is. What we're talking about here is asking God for wisdom and, and for faith, right? You know. Imagine telling God, hey, look, the, the problem is I'm, I'm having a little problem having faith in you. That's like a crazy thing to say. But if that's what you're feeling, that's what you have to say. So I had to tell my wife, my love, the problem is that sometimes the way I feel, the way that you're treating me is kind of like if you were almost like the guy, you know, and she was like devastated. Oh, my God, what are you saying? What are you thinking about me? But I had to say that. And then from that point on, we started working things out. And because she was like like firing brimstone, you know, like she was hitting me over the head with the Bible, you know what I mean? And then what happened was that we took a different approach and then and then things started working out. But I had to tell her how, to, how I felt. What I'm trying to get at is that here it's saying that whatever you're feeling, if you feel like It's not happening. I'm I'm not clicking. I I see other people in the church and it looks to me like they're doing better than me. Talk to God about that. Ask him, talk him, ask him for faith, ask him for wisdom, ask him to, to dump his Holy Spirit on you, open up your mind or whatever. Okay. Go to God in prayer and ask him. And and read the Bible. Read the Bible. You need to get to know God. How are you going to get to know God? You're going to get to know God by getting to learn how he thinks. He thinks differently from us. Our our nature is is carnal. Our nature is different from God. We need to get into the Bible to start to see how he thinks, and we need to get on that train. We need to, to go there. Strengthen yourself with the word of God. Read the Psalms and the Proverbs. Oh, my God, there's so much practical stuff there. It's going to be like medicine. Here's another thing. Don't get the oldest, most ancient version of the Bible. I use one called the, the, the New Living Translation that it's like plain English. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. You know what I mean? I'm not so fancy. I got I to gotta understand what's, what's going on there, you know? So when you call it thee and thou and heareth and goeth and blah, I get lost, you know? You want to get a version of the Bible that you can understand. The thing is, though, like like a famous version in English, the King James. So the King James, when you read it, it feels like the Bible. It has like that power because it's that old English. But what good is it, the old beautiful English, if you don't know what it's saying, you know? You need to read a Bible that you can understand. And you know what sometimes helps? To, you know, get that, get that, that, that thing, that, that, that app, whatever, where you have the different versions, and you can look at it in different versions, because as you look in different versions, it kind of peels away uh, the things that you don't understand, and you really start to get into it. A very good one is that it's called the Amplified, because they add more words to help you understand it. Read the Psalms, read the Proverbs, great stuff in there, really down-to-earth, simple stuff that's going to help you. I guarantee it'll be medicine for your mind and your heart. And then pray just talk to god and ask him to give you faith and wisdom and understanding faith wisdom understand me help 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 me lord to understand you to see where you're coming from i want to i want to get into where you are number two do not miss church okay i had two amens there hallelujah don't miss church you have no idea how important this is to our spiritual life. We get fed by the preacher. We get fed by the music. We get fed by a lot of things. But we also get fed from each other. There's the blood of Christ is flowing here. The blood of Christ is flowing here. And this is spiritual and it's also natural. If you ask me, my little boy, I think he likes to play the piano. You know? I'll tell you, don't go to Toys R Us and buy a little keyboard. I said, save up your pennies, and if you can get one of those, get it. Because that is the real instrument, and that's what his fingers need to learn. And then, not only that, put him where the teachers are geniuses and where the kids are geniuses. Because in that atmosphere, if he's got musical talent, it's going to bubble. Because they get from the teachers and they get from the other kids and it just becomes a part of them. So that's what's happening here. Here is where we need to be. Yeah, there's new believers, but there's strong believers. There's 11 pastors here and all kinds of ministers and all kinds of stuff that has to do with God. Don't miss church. Don't make excuses. And you know what? I'm going to tell you a secret. You will not melt if you come to the church in the rain. You won't melt, I promise you, okay? You got to see the Bible studies on the night that it rains. Hello. Never let a week go by without nourishing your heart and your spirit with the companionship of your brothers and sisters in the faith. And don't miss church and miss out on all the good things that God does in you and for you when you come to church as you receive here what do you receive enlightenment the light bulb comes on and cleansing we have forgiveness here and blessings that God's for you in the church through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God for your own good don't miss church okay so married people come to the live laugh love you know? Yeah, it's 120 bucks. But how much is it when you go to Disney and gasoline and food and all those tickets to those parks? Come on. Don't give me that. And you know what? If you don't have the money, talk to me. I'll pay you way in. I don't know where I'll get it, but I'll work it out. <laughs> I believe in God. You, know, you can speak up. Sometimes the church does like little scholarships, you know? Right, yeah, you know, so we don't want that to be the reason why you don't go because you really honestly don't have the money. But that's not really the problem most of the time, you know. For your own good, don't miss church. Number three, spend quality time alone with God. Gotta spend time with God. You know what I always say, I don't know, I gotta talk to Pastor Jules because something is happening with me. I do like sticky notes, you know. But did you guys see that movie, A Beautiful Mind? You know, uh, uh, my house is getting coated with sticky notes. You know, and that's because they tell me that when people get old, they forget, and I don't want to forget anything. Because to me, everything is important. Everything is important. the The last thing I want to do is they say in Spanish "quedar mal." You know, like not do what I was supposed to do. You know, we need we need to spend quality time with God. You got to put this on your calendar. You got to, you got to work that in so that you do it every day. I, I have on my calendar, I go, I spend time with God. I have to practice the piano because I'm going to be 75. And if I don't move these little boogers, they're going to get stiff, you know? So I have to practice every day. And then I have one on there that I haven't been doing. I need you to pray for me. It's one, one day the bike, the other day the treadmill, you know? But as you can see, I haven't been too good with that. Okay. I got to make the note bigger, you know. (laughs) Spend quality time with God. Talk to God openly about everything, openly about everything that's worrying you and about everything that's in your heart. He's there. You don't see him, but he's there. And he, he, he loves, he's dying to spend time with you. It's just like my little dog, my little, my little, my little schnauzer melody she loves me to sit with her and just you know stretch her back a little bit and and she just you know she just loves that well God is it's weird but he's kind of like that he wants to spend some time with you he loves you he wants to spend time with you he wants to help you he wants to soften your wounds and your and your pain and 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 do a lot of wonderful things but we need to make a little effort and take time for that Allow God to be, begin speaking uh, words of faith to your heart. Pick a time that works for you daily. If you have kind of like a, well, in the whole mess of my life, I think more or less this time of the day. Because when we develop habits, then it's more likely that we'll, we'll, we'll do it. You know, figure out what works for you better. Because you're really going to do this. How many say amen? You're really going to do this. You know, separate a time for that, a that, that work that works for you. Uh, A time when you can read and study God's word a little bit and talk with God and begin to open up your spiritual ears to hear the voice of God for your life. You know, it could happen that you say, well, Lord, I I need to talk to you because uh, of, of whatever, you know, you know, whatever, whatever. And then the Lord will talk to you about something else that was the last thing you expected because he knows what he really needs to tell you. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but, but we need to make that effort, to, to make that time, to make that connection. He's going to speak to you. It's, it's not going to be a waste of time. It's going to be a blessing. It's going to be a blessing for you. Okay, besides praying and studying the Bible, you can also consult with any of the 11 pastors here at Spring of Life. Oh, my God. Most churches have one. We have 11 pastors here. And you know what? I even checked this by Pastor Joaquin. Because, hey, look, let's face it, a lot of pastors want to be a one-man show. They want to be the, uh, the the orchestra man. They want to do everything. And they get a little fidgety if the people go to somebody else. But I ran it by him, and he said, by all means, everyone is different, and everyone is going to feel a little bit able. Like, I don't know about talking to this guy, but I feel I could talk to this person. That kind of thing, you know what I mean? Talk to a pastor. That's another thing. Besides praying, besides talking to God, besides reading the word of God, if you have a, a an issue and you can't seem to find an answer, talk to somebody. You know, you can talk to Pastor Joaquin, you can talk to me, you can talk to Pastor Palma, you can talk to Madero, But you know, any one of the of the pastors. That's these men have been put here by God. To, to, to bless and to help and to nourish the congregation, the people of God. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. But if you like just come for an hour on Sunday and you're watching and you're saying, when is that fat guy going to stop talking? You know what I mean? You're not going to get much out of church. The church is here to supply all your spiritual needs. And if all your spiritual needs are met, your whole life is going to be in order. How many say amen, right? We're here to help you. To know and to understand what God's word says about your specific situation. If you come to me with a problem, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what the word of God says. And then you're going to chew on that. And then the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to how you're going to resolve that situation. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. No, I'm thinking of co-signing for, don't do it. The Bible says don't do that ever, period. And you think, oh, that's not very kind. Well, maybe it's very, not very kind, but that's what God said. God said, don't sign for anybody. Boom. Did you know that? Huh? That seems weird, right? And you know another one? <laughs> I'm going to get everybody in trouble today. I mean, I'm going to get myself in trouble. If <laughs> The Bible says that we're to tithe. But the Bible says if you feel that, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it just yet. You know, I'm gonna do it a little bit later on. You know, you know those credit cards. How, if you pay just the minimum payment, you know, you end up paying a whole lot more. Well, in the Bible, it says that if if you pay the tithe late, you gotta add 20 percent. Isn't that weird? That is what the Bible says. One fifth. One-fifth is 20%. Just crazy things, but it's what it says there. And like I said, it's not up to us to have an opinion. It's up to us to obey. So if you don't want to pay the 20%, pay it on time, okay? That's weird. The Bible speaks about a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of things. But we're here to help you to unravel your specific situation from the Word of God. We're going to bring down the the wisdom of the Word of God to your specific situation to help you unravel it. And I guarantee you, if you have the mental attitude, I want to do what the Word of God says. I want to do what God tells me to do. I want to please God. Your life is going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. Your kids are going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Because that's all God wants from us. Obedience. Obedience wants us to obey him. Don't throw away the opportunity to receive God's godly counsel to help you understand what God wants for your life. With the help of the men of God that God has put in the spring of life here to help you and to serve you in any way we can, that is what we're here for. Amen. 2nd Chronicles 20:17. Look at this. God says to his children, "But you will not even need to fight you will not even need to fight take your positions and stand still and watch the lord's victory he is with you O people of judah and jerusalem do not be afraid or discouraged go out against them tomorrow for the lord is with you hallelujah so they got to face some enemies right and you got like you know a few little Israelites over here. And what do they have? Uh, shovels and 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 rakes and stuff. They're farming people. They don't they don't have weapons. They don't, you know, they're not they're not into that, you know. They're like a little group like this. And then the Lord wants them to go out in the morning to this plane and face the enemy. It's like Darth Vader with a million of those white guys, you know. Tanks, chariots, cannons, armor. They're like, ah! And the Lord says, You're not going to have to fight. Just go out there in the morning and face them. You know? Think about it. How would you feel about that? You know? How would you feel about that? And then the Lord says, All those people up here that were singing this morning, they're going to be at the front of the line. <laughs> Put the singers up front, so the enemy, which is like thousands and thousands, completely with all the ammunition and weapons of the planet of the time, they're seeing these little thing come. You know, these little people with, you know, stuff, no, no, nothing. And the, the, the and that little group, the the people in front are like, hey, hallelujah. Can you imagine the enemy, you know, when they're seeing that? Like, oh, my God. But what happened was, God is into audio, audio, sound. He made a sound behind them that they thought that they were being attacked by an army that was even bigger than them. Can you imagine what that must have sounded like? So this humongous army, they got so panicked and so scared that they got all out of control and they started killing each other until they were all dead. And the people of Israel were just standing there dumbfounded watching what God did. Kind of like when the Lord opened the the Red Sea, you know. And then the Lord told them, okay, now go in and take all the chariots, take all the swords, take all, you know. Everything that those people had now belongs to the people of Israel, which they could barely carry all that stuff. There was so many, so many soldiers there. So but why is this here? This is for us. Yes, you may feel like a little wimp, like who am I? What? No, 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 no. You are a son of the living God. And, and the living God is on your side, Okay. We need to stand firmly on our faith. We need to be prepared with the word of God and prayer and to expect to receive the salvation of the Lord for your problem. Claim it. Stop running around like a chicken without a head. Stop it. (laughs) Stop running around like a chicken without a head. Running out of control from crisis to crisis. That's not for you because you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You need to hang on to that. You need to know who you are. Not like that prince who listened to that witch and left everything that he had, okay? You are a child of God. Stand firmly on your faith in the rock that is Jesus Christ. Be still and allow God to move freely in your life and in your situation. Because today, today you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. It's not for nothing that we're talking about this. When I got here today, I realized that the, the, uh, the, 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 the first introduction to the service had to do exactly with my message. God is talking to us. God wants to tell us this. We're reaching out to excellence. Things are going to happen to scare us, to make us a little doubtful, whatever. And God is saying... Just go out there in the morning and face the enemy, and you're going to see what he's going to do, what he's going to do. You've got to believe this because you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. God wants to heal your problem. He wants to touch your life, and he wants to change your situation. James 4, 7 says, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what's the first thing you've got to do? Shut up. Don't, it, what you think is not important. Just put it away. Open your ear to what God wants. Humble yourself and resist the devil. And the devil got to go. He's got to go. Can't be around. Philippians 4, 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. When we're walking with the Lord, we're going to have the peace of the Lord. You have peace in the middle of the storm, okay? There's a Christian song about that. You're going to have peace in the middle of the storm. The storms are always going to be there. The problems are always going to be there. But you will have the peace of the Lord. We have to continue to believe God even when your heart tells you to quit. That's that's not it. We need to just trust God, have faith, and continue forward. Later on in Psalm 73, 26, David says, my health might fail and my spirit may grow weak but God remains the strength of my heart he is mine forever look at david it's so lindo so beautiful he's like you know i might be weak i might fail but the lord is not going to fail me because he is mine forever he is mine forever you know he's 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 joying in that and i think that's the attitude we need to have then we go to first john 320 And it says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. What's that talking about? Why would you feel guilty? If you feel guilty, what does it mean? You did something wrong. If you feel guilty, you did something wrong. And if you did something wrong, and you feel guilty, then it's hard for you to raise up your eyeballs and look straight at God. Right? That's what the devil uses against you. What do you mean coming to God? Look at what you just did. You did this wrong. You did... That's not important. We are imperfect beings. We're proud and we're thick-headed and we do sin. How many say amen? We do sin. But if we truly repent and humble ourselves and go to God and ask him to forgive us, our heavenly father loves us and he is merciful. He sees the sincerity of your heart. You You can bamboozle other people. You can fool other people, but God knows what's going on in your heart. And he will forgive you. And not only will he forgive you, he will raise you up. Okay? So in music they say, it's not over until the fat lady sings. So what I'm trying to say here is, yes, oh, how can I go to God if I screwed up and I sin? Hello, everybody sins. All those guys in the Bible, they all screwed up. They all screwed up. What God wants you to do is humble yourself, shut up, admit that you did something wrong, and okay, let's go again. You got that? Let's go again. Let me, let me, let me just keep going and, and let me make sure that that mistake, I don't make that mistake again. I don't do that stupid thing again. He will raise you up. We're people of faith. We don't live in the negative. You need to know that you're in your heart of hearts that the King of glory loves you, He is concerned. For you every minute of every day. And so to wrap this up because they told me I only got two minutes. When the devil tells you that God doesn't love you and that you're not important to God. You're going to tell the devil to shut his mouth in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. That might look a little crazy to some people. But that's the attitude that we need to have devil you the devil is real the devil is real and he speaks to you and he keeps nagging and nagging and bothering and bothering and we need to chase him the heck out of here and and in that process we know that we're hanging on to my god to my jesus i know where i'm standing you know what i mean shut his mouth in the name of jesus let's do what it says in psalm 34 1 i will praise the lord at all times i will praise the lord at all times i will constantly speak His praises. So I'll leave you now with these closing words. You and the devil and your problems. You and the devil and your problems need to know that your faith is not based on your strength. It's not your strength. The Lord's strength. Your faith is grounded totally on the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, who is my Father. Our God. He's my Father. You are trusting and believing in the King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, right? And the conclusion of all is this is that you are rest, you know, problems, situations, family stuff, mess ups, you messed things up yourself, or something happened that you never expect, all that kind of stuff. Your faith is resting in the fact that God Himself, Jesus Christ, will totally take care of your problem and your situation. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that I know that I know that God has the answer to this situation. To God be the glory. How many say amen? Amen. Amen. I hope, you know, I hope you got it. Forgive me if I said anything crazy that, you know, whatever. At this time, we have Pastor Rivera who's coming up, and we're going to be ending the service, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, how many, now, I, I don't want anybody to feel bad, but. You guys who did the 21 days, you know who you are, right? Oh, my God. It was weird. I, I, it was a weird experience. But you know what? For me, it turned out to be not as bad as I thought. It was not, not as bad as I thought. And the, and the Lord, I feel good. I feel good that I did it, you know. Wow, I did it. <laughs> I feel good about that. And so today we're going we're gonna to hand it over. And we're going to believe that the Lord is going to guide us to excellence. How many say amen, right? It's going. To, he's going to show us the way. Everybody's at a different level, but each one of us, the Lord's going to push us forward a little bit. And Pastor Rivera is going to just have a few words about that.
1: Hallelujah. In Romans chapter twelve, verse one says that we give ourselves daily in living sacrifice, and that's what we did during these twenty-one days. We were giving ourselves. And a living sacrifice, I don't know how many of you sacrifice different things like coffee and meat and chicken and steak. But it was just a sacrifice and God is pleased with us. So we have asked a lot of things to God during these 21 days. I I believe that you all have plenty of time to pray and seek the Lord. But now is it, I believe that now is the time to just wait. When, uh, when God spoke with Joshua, he said, just yes, stop and wait and see the salvation of your Lord. So whatever was your prayers during these days, I believe that God is going to answer your prayers. Okay, so let's bow our heads and let's, Just thank God for what he did during these days and what he's going to be doing in our lives in the rest of the days. Okay, That come. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for thy blessing, for the grace that you have poured out upon us life during these days. And we just ask you, O God, to give us faith and patience to just wait on you and to believe, Lord, that you are going to answer every prayer, every petition that we have before you, you're going to answer it, O oh Lord. You're going to destroy our enemies and you're going to give us the victory like you have done all these years. We just ask you, O oh Lord, that your grace will be upon us and that we will continue giving ourselves to you, designed to live a higher life, an excellent life, oh Lord. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.
0: Thank you. Greet each
1: other in the love of the Lord.
0: We're dismissed. And I just want to mention that tomorrow we're going to have the men's meeting. I want uh, all the men to know that. Come to the men's meeting, bring somebody, bring your son, bring your father, bring your neighbor, bring a friend. Tomorrow there will be a men's meeting.